listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 124, and today is a special bonus episode on why you should stop using hand sanitizer. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. My name's Alexa, and as always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today is a special bonus episode on why you should stop using hand sanitizer. Now, what a bonus episode means is it's just a quick show telling you the ultimate basics, like the bare bones basics with five additional tips to make this practical and realistic. That's what I want these bonus episodes to be, just the practical information you can take and use. Now, I also like to say they're 10 minutes or less, so we get right to the show. No announcements, no nothing, just right to the show. Okay, so today is all about why you should stop using hand sanitizer. Now, in the last podcast I did, it was all on the immune system. If you haven't listened to that show, you have to go back and listen because it gives the foundation to help you understand why hand sanitizer is actually harmful for our bodies. So go back and do that now and then come back to this podcast. That was episode number 123. If you did listen to it, then I hope this makes so much more sense because the immune system is the critical component and helping our body thrive, right? We can't live without a healthy functioning immune system. And when our immune system goes awry or becomes compromised, then we get all sorts of disease And that's ultimately what leads to death, right? Like not to be morbid, but our immune system is pretty critical. Now we can't say one system is more critical than the other, but I feel like what if we could come alongside our immune system and provide the right environment to like enhance it, help it out. And so that it can do the job that it was designed. Because ultimately, more than just taking a bunch of antibiotics, more than just getting rid of all the germs in our environment, what we really need to focus on is how can we get our immune system to do the job so that we don't even have to worry about it. It's like not something we think about. So make sure you go back and listen to that. And then today, we're going to break down why you should stop using hand sanitizer. Now, I have a few points, and then I'm going to share five additional ways that you could keep your body healthy without hand sanitizer. So we're going to stay tuned for that. But to start with, here's the reasons why you need to stop using it. When we look at hand sanitizer, there's two different kinds of hand sanitizer, one that's alcohol-based and the other kind, which contains triclosan, which is the active ingredient in killing germs. Now, in either case, the deal with it is, is that it doesn't distinguish good from bad. And what we know about the immune system is that all over our body and inside our body, we have a microbiome and a virome, right? We talked about all the healthy and beneficial viruses that are living in and on our body. The same with bacteria. And what happens when we use a lot of hand sanitizer, whether it's alcohol-based or triclosan-based, is that it kills everything on our skin. And while that sounds like, oh, it's better just to get rid of everything than keep a little bit of bat around, but that's not the case at all. In fact, what they're finding is that by eliminating all the good and all the bad, we no longer have a defense mechanism, right? Like we've taken away one of the biggest and best natural defense mechanisms in our immune system, and that is our skin. And so what they're finding is that through countless different studies is that when we kill all this bacteria, it actually leads to a weakened immune system, which results in more illness and more disease. So those people who use more hand sanitizer actually have a greater chance of getting sick over someone who doesn't use it at all. And even more is that they're finding is that 
Triclosan is specifically linked to these quote-unquote superbugs, which are really hard to get rid of, like potentially dangerous to society superbugs. In just 2013 alone, the CDC reported that superbugs were responsible for at least 23,000 deaths. That's 23,000 deaths in 2013 alone from these superbugs that some are linking right back to hand sanitizer. Not only that, but another study found that using triclosan might negatively affect your immune system, leaving you more vulnerable to more traditional illnesses like the common cold. So again, there is a strong linkage to those people who use the most hand sanitizer actually have a weaker immune system and therefore get more common illnesses. I mean, that alone is like the thing you're trying to prevent becomes the biggest problem of your life and that's you're just constantly sick or your kids are constantly sick. We should not live in a sterile environment. And that is what so many of us are creating through Clorox wipes and Purell and all these other things is that we've created this environment that is so sterile, it is actually harmful to our immune system. So again, there is something to be said about having enough good bacteria and good viruses in our life that can actually help our immune system be strengthened, especially when we relate this back to kids. Now, I know we shouldn't be smothering our kids in germs and no one wants that, but there is something to be said about exposing our kids to or allowing just natural things to expose our kids like going to school and getting colds and in their first year of life, they should have seven to 10 colds. And that is really a good number. It's not something to fear, but a good number to help strengthen their immune system so that later in life, they don't catch as many colds. Their immune system is strong and it just takes care of it. So they're not constantly sick. So there's something valuable about actually exercising your immune system. On top of that, there are other studies and other reasons why you should stop using hand sanitizer, like it increases your absorption of BPA. So for instance, if you rub Purell on your hands right at the end of checkout, right? Like you get through the grocery store, you squirt some Purell on your hands, you rub it together, and then you grab your receipt. That receipt has BPA in it, and that's going to increase the absorption through just using hand sanitizer into your skin. And what BPA is, is it's an endocrine disruptor. So it's affecting your hormones. Now it seems really insignificant, but think about all the things that we can we touch in a daily basis. And when we don't have the proper microbiome on our skin, specifically our hands, we really are doing a disservice to your body. Plus, I mean, hand sanitizers aren't often fragrance-free, right? They also contain a lot of other things like additives and fragrances, phthalates, which cause hormone disruptions and other things to prolong shelf life, which the worst news might be that they're not even required to tell you everything that's in these products. And I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So a few reasons why you shouldn't use hand sanitizer is one, it decreases your immune system, making you more susceptible to common colds and viruses. Number two is that it only kills bacteria and not viruses, which over half of the common sicknesses that we get come from viruses. Plus, it only kills 99.9% of germs, which means that the other 0.01 percentage that it's not killing often tend to be the most harmful, the quote unquote super bugs. And on top of that, Creating a sterile environment does nothing but weaken kids' immune systems. So those are a few reasons why you should stop using hand sanitizer. It is not doing anything valuable for you, definitely only making it worse. Now, occasionally from time to time, fine. It's not gonna be the end of the world. Just make sure you try to stick with an alcohol base rather than a triclosan and fragrance-free. But if you're constantly using it, you really should try to switch it up and try to avoid using it on your kids. Instead, what we know is that hand washing, good hand washing is still the best way to 
decrease your likelihood of catching colds and flus. And the reason for this is, is that it doesn't interfere with our microbiome. So it allows the good to stay, but it helps cleanse us of the bad, of the things that shouldn't be there that aren't naturally a part of our skin. Studies have shown this, that traditional soap and water are more effective at washing away certain kinds of dangerous bacteria. Therefore, unless you have no access to soap and running water, stick to the standard hand washing method. And if you have another option, then like I said, alcohol-based hand sanitizers, okay, we're gonna go with that. But if you wanna do anything, just stick to soap and water. Okay, now I did mention, I'm gonna give you five other ways to help your body stay free of common colds and sicknesses this winter and help enhance your immune system along the way. Because it's not just about hand sanitizer. Now, I know I'm getting close to my 10-minute mark, so bear with me. We are going to go over. But number one is gargle with warm salt water. This is an old, what some consider a wives' tale, but it's actually been studied, and it's really quite fascinating. So take this, right? Most of the viruses and bacteria that we are exposed to enter through the nose and the mouth. In fact, in a randomized study published by the American Journal of Preventative Medicine in 2005, the researchers recruited almost 400 healthy volunteers and followed them around for 60 days during cold and flu season. Some of the subjects were told to gargle three times a day with warm salt water, and at the end of the study period, the group that regularly gargled had nearly 40% decrease in upper respiratory tract infections compared with the control group. And when they did get sick, gargling tended to reduce bronchial symptoms and shorten the illness altogether. And so why? Well, there's one doctor from the study, Dr. Hagen, who pointed out that gargling loosens thick mucus, which can help remove irritants like allergens, bacteria, and fungi from the throat. Basically, what you're doing is you're creating a high salt barrier and you're pulling out a lot of fluids from the tissue in the throat area. So you're washing out the virus. Like the salt functions as a magnet for the water. And it's good for symptomatic relief. Like if you have a sore throat, gargling with salt water can really help because of the inflammation. So while salt water may kill some bacteria and viruses, there are a lot of others that are just resistant to it. But what it does is, again, the salt water draws out the excess fluid that builds up during an infection, which is called edema, from your throat and also through osmosis. This draws the edema out, which reduces swelling and, and also dehydrates your throat slightly, creating an environment that's not hospitable for some bacteria. So the Mayo Clinic would tell you, for best results, dissolve half a teaspoon of salt in a full glass of warm water, gargle the solution for a few minutes before spitting it out. Doing this just a couple of times a day can greatly decrease your chances of the common cold, upper respiratory infections, and flu viruses. So that's one simple method that you and your kids could do. You don't even have to spit it out necessarily. Like if you wanted to make it more palatable for your kids or for yourself, you could try mixing warm salt water with some lemon and a little bit of honey and also gargle with that, swallow some or spit it out, whatever you need to do. But that can be a huge benefit for you. Number two is to take detox baths. Now, whether you're just soaking your feet, which can be highly valuable, or you're soaking your entire body, what you can do is just fill a bath with warm water, Epsom salts, baking soda. You can even do fresh ginger and other essential oils to really help draw the toxins out of your body. Now, some people are like, this isn't possible. But here, remember this. Our skin is made up of millions of pores, and those pores are used as a detoxification pathway. So the more we move our body, the more we sweat, the more we're able to readily excrete things from our pores and get rid of them. So yes, it is a great detoxification pathway, and one great way to do that is through Epsom salt or detox baths. 
So basically what you can do in this case is fill your bath with hot water as hot as you can tolerate. And once it fills about halfway, sprinkle in your ingredients that you want to use, whether it's Epsom salts, baking soda, like yes, the kind that you would cook with, ground ginger, or essential oils, or all of the above, and then submerge yourself to your neck or as high up as you can and soak for at least 20 minutes. I mean, you can stay in there as long as you want, but 20 minutes is a good period of time to help your body excrete toxins as well as soak in some of the minerals from the bath. Again, this is a great way if you feel like something's coming on or you're just trying to boost your immune system is to do these because not only are you helping your body excrete toxins, but you're also absorbing the great minerals from the Epsom salts and the ginger. Now, here's the thing. With fresh ginger and a bath, a ginger bath, you want to make sure and test the ginger on your skin. So cut a slice open and rub some oils on your skin before fully submerging your body in it. Some people are going to be more reactive to that, just like essential oils. So make sure you're careful with this. And also, if you're going to do a ginger bath on your kids, use less ginger, which is about four tablespoons of ground ginger per adult. So maybe start out with one tablespoon or two tablespoons, test it on your kids before they get in, and then add it to your bath. What this is going to do, though, is it's going to heat up your body and help to move your lymphatic fluid really sweating out, which sweating is one of the cheapest and easiest ways to detoxify, again, moving toxins through your pores. So taking a detox back, which would also go along the lines of sauna. Like if you have a sauna session, which I'm just doing cost-effective ways to help your immune system. But if you have a sauna, sauna is really, really great as well. Number three is try teas like fresh ginger tea, peppermint tea, chamomile tea, any kind of teas. And now teas are full of antioxidants and other powerful herbs and tinctures that can really boost your immune system. And on top of teas, there are a lot of great alternative teas like mushroom-based teas like cordyceps and reishi that have been found to help reset the immune system. Plus, they can strengthen it. For example, one study found that cordyceps helps to regulate our existing immunity and they adapt to new immunity to defend the body. So cordyceps is called an adaptogen for a reason because it adapts to the immune system, providing what it needs to help your body fight off viruses and fungus and parasites and all the other things that our body comes in contact with on a daily basis. Not to mention that in other studies, cordyceps has been found to help reduce cancerous tumors and related symptoms. Plus, during cancer, it supports the body's general health and its response to chemotherapy. I mean, there's just tons of studies. So whether you do a more basic tea like chamomile, peppermint, lemongrass, or you switch into the adaptogens like cordyceps and and maca, those kind of drinks also, again, help the body to adapt to the environment. That's number three, which I'll link up some of my favorite teas over on the blog for you to check out and try yourself. Number four is elderberries. Now, I was listening to a longtime nurse who was giving a speech, um, a speech on the immune system and what we're not telling people. And she said over the years, over the course of 35 years of being an ER nurse and working in the ICU and coming in contact with countless flu viruses, she said she never once took a flu vaccine. Now, I'm not here to argue whether that's right or wrong, but she never once took it and she never once got the flu. And she relates it back to doing simple things like the ones that I'm talking about today. And one specifically that she said she relied on, especially during cold and flu season, was elderberries. Now, I went back and did some more research on elderberries and found that elderberries are actually one of the most effective remedies for viral and bacterial infections like colds and flus and can substantially shorten the duration of your illness if you get sick. 
Elderberries contain special proteins and bioflavonoids that have the ability to destroy viruses on contact that infect the cells in the body. They also have the ability to significantly enhance immune function by boosting the production of cytokines in the body. It's also rich in vitamin C and a wealth of other critical vitamins and minerals, antioxidants, and in many nutrients undiscovered by science and research yet, but they know has a powerful influence over the immune system. So elderberries can be so beneficial and you can take this through elderberry tea. But one thing that I also, that I recommend that I give my family is elderberry syrup. You can make this at home or you can buy it in the store. I have both. I have elderberry syrup that I made at home. And if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy elderberry syrup with echinacea because echinacea, again, is a natural immune enhancer and helps fight off viruses and bacteria. But basically to make elderberry syrup, which I'm going to do a whole IGTV video about this, a live Facebook video is it's just three-fourths cup dried elderberries to three cups of water and three-fourths cup raw honey. And you just boil it and boil it until it's a thick syrup. And then you can strain it out and then just take a tablespoon a couple times a day. Again, you can get all of that in the show notes at simplerotswellness.com backslash 124. But like I said, I'll be showing a video on how to do that. But you can just pick up elderberry syrup at the store. If you're buying it, I like elderberry syrup with echinacea. So that's number four. And number five is try a saline rinse or keep your nasal passages moist. We talked a little bit about this in episode number 123 about the immune system. But one great defender of airborne viruses and bacteria is our nasal passages, right? When we breathe this in, we have all kinds of different nose hairs and mucus inside of our nose, which serves a really great purpose. That mucus helps to trap and encapsulate viruses and bacteria, essentially smothering them so they're no longer viable in the body, and then we can blow them out or get rid of them. Now, the problem is, is in the wintertime, we have two extremes. We either have really dry nasal passages where it's so dry, we have no moisture in there. And without moisture, the nose hairs and the mucus can't do its job. Or on the other hand, we have such thick mucus from colds and flus that it just gets stuck and it jams up these nasal passages. So one great way to keep your body healthy is to keep your nasal passages moist. Now, whether you just rub some coconut oil inside your nose or some other kind of natural oil inside your nose at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, that can really help, especially in the dead of winter. Other things you can do is try clearing your sinuses with like things like a neti pot, trying to rinse your nose with a saline solution. And this will help clear again out the viral particles you breathe in during the day before they take root in your system. Some studies show that neti pots alone can really significantly help, especially with the sinus-based viruses and bacteria help reduce and eliminate those. Now, again, all of these things are things that you can do occasionally as necessary, or you can make it a consistent part of your day. I like to pick and choose and do mix and match, just constantly kind of switch these up. But every single week, I really am fitting in at least one of these a day into my normal routine to help enhance my immune system. Okay, I know that went really long, but those are my five quick tips to help boost your immune system to get rid of Purell and hand sanitizer and really help you stay healthy this winter. It's not all about eliminating the germs, but again, coming alongside your body and enhancing your immune system. And that's what those five tips can help you do. To get all of them, head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 124, where I break them down. I give you recipes for the detox bath, the elderberry syrup, and 
give you links to my favorite immune-boosting teas. So make sure you head on, to, head on over to the show notes to get that. And don't forget to go back and listen to episode number 123 on boosting your immune system. It is so good, especially going into winter. Okay, that is it. We're way over on this bonus episode, but I hope you found it beneficial. I hope you can put away your hand sanitizer, only use it on minimal occasions when washing your hands isn't an option. In the meantime, that is all I have for you today. Don't forget to share Simple Roots Radio with your friends. Of course, if you're loving the episodes, have them check it out and try it out. Also, I love to get your questions. It sparks new ideas on what I should be telling you about and episodes that you'd like to see. Coming up next week, I have that very special announcement for you about what's going to happen in the new year with a new series coming out January 1st. So you're going to want to stay tuned. But in the meantime, don't forget to tell your friends and family about this. Head on over to the show notes, simperitswellness.com backslash 124. Sign up for my email list where you're first to get on the list for what's coming in the new year. Okay. That is really it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back next week with a special episode all on sleep. 